0: Every day brings us closer. Closer to the moment when
1: the next generation of NFL stars learn their destiny. And franchises try to lay the foundation for the next dynasty. With the first pick.
0: This is First Draft. Now alongside NFL Draft Insiders
1: Mel Kuiper Jr. and Todd McShay, here's Chris Sproul.
2: Well, this is it, everybody. It's draft week. I'm Chris Sproul. I have the true experts here, Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper. Mel Kuyper's doing some serious trolling of McShay. With the mics off, let's see if it extends into this podcast. Mel, this is all about buzz. Draft's a few days away. You about, you got about hop on a flight here pretty quick. Todd, same for you. You guys are exhausted. You're surly. You're out of sleep. And now it's time to do a podcast. Sounds great. Mel. Let's start right at the top. Are you going to be surprised if the pick is not Josh Allen at number one? And do you think that
1: decision is made? Who would ever be surprised when nobody knew Chris? I mean, who the heck knew who John Dorsey was going to be? I've I've known John forever. And yeah, yeah. well, Todd last week said he would have gone Josh Allen number one if he had a mock. So uh, yeah, Wendy says, Hey, Todd, you've been resolute on, on Sam Darnold from day one. No, I've been resolute last week. He said if I had done mock this week, I would have put Josh Allen number one. So not so resolute, Todd. And I wouldn't have been so resolute on Josh Allen if I'd heard Sam Darnold was going number one. I'll move Sam Darnold in there. So, you know, it's just as soon as we heard something different. You adjust to that. You heard Josh Allen two weeks ago. People were adjusting Josh Allen. Even in Vegas, the odds changed dramatically on Josh Allen because they were hearing that same buzz. And now you hear a little buzz. on like, like somebody knows. I've known John Dorsey longer than any of you guys. And he ain't telling me. So if he ain't telling me, is he telling? Some, now maybe somebody in the organization's leaking out what they think, but it ain't coming from Dorsey. So yeah, you know, you know, so who knows? If it's Darnold, then we put Darnold one, and then we find a spot for Josh. If Josh Allen's going one, we had Darnold probably two or three.
0: Are you, you done just, talking uh, yet? This is like uh, just, five minutes into the show.
1: I'm a minute and a half into the show. Right. Uh, you know, uh, my clock says a minute and seven, uh, two minutes and uh, five seconds right now.
0: It's been a long minute and a half.
1: Yeah, go ahead. Give me give me five minutes of your expertise.
0: I want to know what your thoughts are on if Baker Mayfield's still in the discussion.
1: For what? Number First one. overall
0: pick. There's some there's some buzz out there today.
1: Yeah, there can be buzz all you want. A six foot and a half quarterback with antics going number one. Okay.
0: Don't see it. Yeah, I don't see it either. But legitimately there's some, some noise out there today on Baker Mayfield. But I think people are just bored and trying to come up with something that's gonna grab a headline. Um mm-hmm. I honestly at no point in time have I have felt Less conviction about who's going to be the first overall pick than I do right now. I give
2: the Browns a lot of credit. I think for this
0: it's down to way. two. I think it's down to two, if excluding the Baker Mayfield rumors. I, th- I believe it's down to two. Adam Schefter said today again that he believes it's down to two with Josh Allen and, and Sam Darnold. And there are people that, that are shocked by the fact that it could be Josh Allen. There are people that truly believe it's going to be Sam Darnold. And then there are a lot of people. And it, for whatever reason, last week it seemed like last week was Josh Allen week. That everyone you talk to in the league, well, I'm hearing Josh Allen. I'm, uh, the buzz is Josh Allen. Who knows? I mean, you're right. John Dorsey knows. Some other guys in that organization may know what's going on in the process, and they certainly have their opinions. And I think some of those opinions are starting to get out a little bit. But it doesn't seem like, from everything I understand, John Dorsey makes this pick, and he may not clue in anybody until, until draft day.
1: Todd, he doesn't clue anybody and I talked to John. Yeah, and he's, he's not cluing anybody in. and uh, you know, He's not telling anybody. And he doesn't care what – the thing that John doesn't do, he doesn't listen to any of these podcasts. He doesn't listen to any NFL lies. He doesn't watch Take any NFL back. network. He doesn't watch any of that. He doesn't watch any of it. He doesn't watch any of, watch any of that stuff. He doesn't watch anything. And that's the way he is. And it's the way he's always been. That's why you just don't know. So, uh, you know, he's not telling anybody what he's doing. Now, if it, like I say, if it has leaked from somebody else out what he thinks, I don't know how much he's communicated to those people about that. I don't know if they made a final decision or not, but it doesn't matter. It's a per- – John gets frustrated, but it's seven rounds of this draft. It's not about the first, the first pick will be made. We'll move on to pick two. You know what's and, really you know, offensive? Yeah, it's though. like, you know, we get all wrapped up in this. Who's going number one? Who cares? Like it was like Meyer Bledsoe and, and Mario, somebody's going to go number one. Golf went. Who, so, you know, after they're picked, you move on to the next choice and we got seven rounds of this stuff, not one pick. We're not, we're not going home after the first pick's made.
2: You know what's really funny is from my, from the old days when I reported, I still have a cell number for John Dorsey. Todd, I'm going to tip the pick. I'm going to tip the pick.
1: Go ahead. All right. Mel. <laughs> what was that? Who knows? If, what was Sproul doing? Was that a stunt? I don't, even, I don't know what that Sproul's was. Sproul's turned into
2: a diva. You never know. It's
1: just, it's just like, what do you know? What do you know? that Only we don't one know one of craft? us is
2: wearing makeup in this room, though. I don't, I don't think I've done any TV today. Todd, <laughs> I read Fair. the well-read McShay draft buzz file. Yep. Do you believe, would your head explode if somebody was able to get to that number two pick? And, and not and the Giants would trade out of it. I I keep hearing they put such a price on it that it's going to be really tough to get into that spot. Do you buy that? Are you are they going to wait till the last minute?
0: I've heard nothing about the Giants moving out of number two. We need some good leaks. Come Everything on. Everything I've heard with the <laughs> the Giants is has to do with three players. Sam Darnold and this part I'm not sure on. But Sam Darnold allegedly or based off of information that we've kind of all gotten that if they were to take a quarterback it would be if Darnold were there at number 2. I think the odds on favorite are basically um Saquon Barkley and and Bradley Chubb the pass rusher. I got, talked a to a GM on Saturday. He was he was like, "Alright, take me through what do you think here and here and mm-hmm. and got to number 2." And I was like, "Well, I hear you know, Saquon it sounds like is most of the information we've gotten out of the Giants has been towards Saquon Barkley. But, and I said that, and the GM was like, what, really? He was, like, blown away. He was really surprised. He, he, but but you can get a pass rusher, and the value, and then the fifth year, and at that price, he's like, I just, that would really surprise me. So, mm-hmm. I mean, again, that's, that's another GM. That's one of the other 31 GMs in the... In the league, and it doesn't matter what he thinks or what his opinion is on it. It just matters what Dave Gettleman and, and his group decide. But um, I thought I just thought that was interesting.
1: Who do the majority of people have as number one player in this draft? Todd Saquon Barkley. All right, you're picking two. Yep, you need a running back. Yep, you're taking Saquon Barkley. I think so. Yeah, I mean Ernie, of course, seeing Gettleman. Ernie, of course, he basically hired Gettleman. Ernie, of course, said the biggest mistake in his career was not taking Walter Payton when he took a guard, Ken Huff, out of North Carolina. Eli Manning's his guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, you know, that's an Ernie guy. You know, I mean, still got, Saquon Barkley is a need pick. He does so many things. He's a Penn State guy. That's what Ernie's a Penn State guy. Everything points to Saquon Barkley. So you know, all this other talk, you know, fine. But everything I would say the headliner there is and the favorite to be the second pick would be Barkley.
2: Mel, are you gonna I, I know you really like Saquon Barkley, as does Todd, and you guys generally agree? Who's pretty rich for a running back, even as great of a player as Saquon Barkley. Is there any part of you that is? I know you do a draft grades file. I've uh, heard of it. Is there any part of you that says, "Man, I don't like that pick"? If you could have gotten a one, maybe two ones, a one and a two, just gave up that much draft value.
1: Well, yeah. First of all, you know you, to move down to twelve, what you're talking about is, is the Buffalo pick. So okay. you're dropping all the way down to twelve. Um you know, if they deem Barkley to be Zeke Elliott or Gurley or Fournette or any of the great backs, Adrian Peterson or it may have been, Trent Richardson, because he was the bust, you had to put him in this group. He didn't pan mm-hmm. out. But if you deem, feel he's going to be one of those guys, then you take him. And, you know, you don't look back because everybody doesn't believe you don't take running backs high. He's graded out. Like I just asked McShay, I said, Todd, who's the number one guy on most team sports? You would say Barkley. So if it is the case, then his grade is in range to be the second pick. It's more than in range. That's a pick ahead. So to me, that's where they would go. Now, if Darnold was there, I don't know. I mean, with Darnold, you know, Trump, Barkley. A quarterback like that, I don't know how how they feel about Darnold and this whole gold jacket thing. Todd baffles me. Who knows who's going to be wearing a gold jacket at the end of their career? Are, 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 do we have a crystal ball to be able to? Are you that good of an evaluator? know who's going to be wearing a gold jacket?
0: What was your pie spoiled this morning? You're in a mood, man.
1: No, I just that just kind of blew me up. I, I want my guy to wear. Do we? I hope you all hope that, but are we that good where we can define who's going to be wearing a gold jacket with the second pick? Right, better get
2: that good, Kuiper. Let's jump to number three. Todd, <laughs> kick us off here. My sense, and it seems your sense uh, as a Todd McShay reader, is that if Sam Darnold is sitting there, this might be a real quick one. Jets walk up, hand, hand in the card. Yeah, I mean, I again, nothing's definitive,
0: but everything I've heard is that Sam Darnold would be the choice. And then there, are, if Darnold's off the board, there are mixed reports on whether it would be Rosen or Mayfield. That's going to be the tough one to decide, because mm-hmm. if Darnold is gone, then who are you going to give to them, Rosen or Mayfield? I, and I've got people tell, screaming at me saying, you know, they they love Mayfield, they love his edginess, they love what he you know he can come in and he's he's going to bring kind of that owner likes him.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Broadway did Baker didn't Broadway, we Broadway Baker and Kyper can year. nickname him and yeah, all that yeah. other he likes like,
0: like, like Flicking Flacco or whatever oh, the hell yeah. that was. That was Flickin Flacco, um, Flacco yeah, but. But I've also heard Rosen here, too, mm-hmm. and that Rosen would be a, a, a good fit, and that they, they kind of, I don't know, I've heard both, so mm-hmm. this one's a tough one for me, though. No.
1: Yeah, that's fine. I mean, who's going to sit there and be the Ben Roethlisberger of this draft or the, you know, the best quarterback goes last. So, you know, of the group. So we'll see. You know, sometimes let them pick and then you just sit there and you get the guy. So if they want to take a six foot and a half quarterback in the top three, go right ahead and somebody's <laughs> going to end up doing pretty well. So, you know, that's why I say the draft unfolds and some things happen. And, uh, sometimes the best don't always go first. Sometimes the best go last. So there you go.
2: Mel, I ca- I
0: talk. Don't you to tell you. us something you're hearing instead of just instead <laughs> we, of just you know whining well, on everything you know, everyone we, we else hears. We're, we're Oh, not we, the, the, the pick happens and we want. We, 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 we,
1: we hear a lot of stuff, but it's all baloney. I'll tell this you, is, this is misinformation week. This I'll, is bad information week. Todd, you know nobody's telling you what they really think. So at the end of the day, you sit back, you laugh a little bit, you chuckle a little bit, and you uh you move on to looking at next year's prospects, which I did last night.
2: Mel. I talked to Jeff Legwold who covers the Denver Broncos for us at espn.com mm-hmm. just a little bit ago. He he believes there's still at least a possibility that that number 5 pick could be for sale. That they're listening, that they may, might be willing to move out. They like Case Keenum. They're not thinking that they have to draft a, a rookie quarterback that will be on the field for them in 2018. Do you buy that possibility? I have
1: no idea. You know, I, I don't know what they're thinking. Uh, you know, John Elway and that crew know what they're thinking. This is thinking. just a riveting podcast, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mel. Yeah, I, I, yeah, these questions – right. like, uh, I'm not going to sit here and say, I know what the Broncos are doing. Who the – now – yeah, you, know, you say they have options. We all know the options. What's the buzz? We know they have an option: trade out of five and let the Buffalo Bills jump in there and give them all these draft picks, and so the that Buffalo would make Bills take you. Josh or Allen. Arizona. Would make sense. Yeah. yeah, or somebody jumps in there to get Josh Allen. You got to believe Buffalo's going to make the big move. Why do they go to twelve? What do they need? They need a quarterback. AJ McCarron's there as a bridge. So if you talk about the big arm quarterback going to Buffalo, that would be Josh Allen. So you say, okay, would Denver figure? Okay, we don't. We like Case Keenum. And where we don't want one of these quarterbacks, even though we had Allen and Mayfield at the Senior Bowl, we don't like them enough to take them at five. We'll let somebody else take one of those two, and we'll get out of here and get your draft choices and fill some holes. They're, they're, that's their options. Do I know what they're doing? So it's like, well, do we, who knows? No one's
0: asking you to say you know what you're doing.
1: Well, we know the options. We know what the buzz is. That's the buzz. Do they keep the pick or they trade it? All right? oh, big deal. You know, I mean, it's a, it's the fifth pick. It's a, I, I Do I think right now they're getting out of there? I listened to Adam Schefter, and he said they're getting out of there. So if if Adam thinks they're getting out of there, I'll say they're getting out of there. That's my answer, Todd. They're getting out of five.
2: Okay. Thanks, Wood. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the memories. Todd, <laughs> one of the hottest names in the draft over the last week, you mentioned him in this file earlier, is Derwin James. Yeah, Seems hold on. Go medicals- back Go back to
0: Denver for a second, though. All right, Let's talk Denver. Real quick. If it is a quarterback, they like Baker Mayfield is what I'm told. Now you can move on.
2: <laughs> I like that yep that's draft buzz that's the name of this pod all right todd derwin james the gas has officially been pumped on him in draft speak he he seems like a guy that we talked about a couple months ago all right let's see how the medicals are on the knee let's see how we test and now we're back to kind of where he was before the season this guy's a freak and he's a top 10 player is that your sense i think pretty close i mean I think there's a debate and it's kind of what you're looking for. Mm -hmm.
0: I think you, you know, there's versatility with Minka Fitzpatrick. There's obvious athletic ability. Derwin's going to bring in more leadership. Derwin probably has a little bit more upside in terms of natural ability. Derwin hasn't been, you know, he he wasn't on the field two years ago. This past year, they they had their struggles at Florida State. I, I I have Derwin, I think seven and Minka eight or six and I think it's seven and eight. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's very little difference in my mind outside of the play style and what you're looking for. Tampa Bay has been a team that, that everyone's talked about as a possibility for Derwin James. Um, you got San Francisco and Oakland sitting there as well that, that could be in the mix for a defensive back. So I, I think that's kind of the range, 7 seven to 10-ish, maybe a little bit further down in case if some of the quarterbacks teams move up for or picks 11 and 12 are, um, are quarterbacks. To me, I think those safeties belong somewhere in that range.
2: Mel, what should the Chicago Bears do? You don't have to say what you're hearing. What should the Chicago Bears do if Buffalo or Arizona is trying to get up into that number 8 spot? You obviously have Buffalo picking at 12. They need a quarterback. Arizona picking at 15. They need a quarterback. There's at least the outside possibility that the Miami Dolphins could be that mystery team that moves up from 11 aren't the bears bank on that aren't yeah, the, a lot of people aren't but the but bears but in that perfect position to get the heck out of there they got their quarterback they went and got a bunch of wide receivers you don't want to draft a wide receiver this high what do you think
1: well, the buzz is that Miami's not moving. We've heard the same thing, but that Miami's sitting at 11 and just waiting right. it out. So if that's the case, they're not doing anything there. If they're at eight and they got a Roquan Smith sitting there, I'm taking him. If Roquan mm-hmm. Smith's gone and Quentin Nelson is sitting there with the offensive line coach, you know they're taking him. You got to help out your quarterback and Trubisky, who is tied to the GM. If I'm the GM and I got a quarterback tied to me, every pick I make is going to be to help him. I mean, that's the bottom line. I'm going to light that scoreboard up, and I'm going to make my quarterback great. That's what it's all about in Chicago, making Trubisky great. Who helps him to get to that great status? Uh, the negating up the gut pressure, which is what Quentin Nelson will be drafted to do by his offensive line coach. So I would say Quentin Nelson, if he's there, you can etch it in stone. Do you think uh, there's a cut
0: I would say. Wouldn't you guess that more people will put in their final mock draft? Pardon my voice. Uh, Quentin Nelson to the Bears than any other player in any other spot in the 32
1: picks? I would think, and I would think Tampa Bay Derwin James is gonna get locked in. Why? Because, and the thing is, to your point about Minka, Minka's probably the smartest DB to come out in years, but he doesn't have a defined position. And and what scares these guys is, I'm talking about the league evaluators, they like to know which you are. Are you a great corner? Are you a great safety? Okay, and they don't know right now, but they know Derwin James can be a great safety and Denzel Ward can maybe be like Marshawn Lattimore, a heck of a corner. So they know that. And that's what that is going to push Minka down probably to the 49ers or beyond. And Derwin James is going to go. Probably to Tampa Bay at 7. There's some buzz there if you want buzz. And Denzel Ward's going to go very high because they look at Lattimore. Oh, boy, look at Lattimore. Look at this Ohio State corner. Look at how he tested. Let's take Denzel Ward. you got to cover these receivers. So I think Ward, I would say this. If you want my opinion, a strong opinion, I don't know, but I think it should be common sense. Ward and James, go ahead of Fitzpatrick.
2: Todd, John Gruden, not with the draft team this year, in a draft room instead, if blank player is there, you think Oakland just runs up, gets their pick, and who is it? Roquan Smith, but it's it's not happening. I, I mean, haven't. you heard Mel;
0: he could go six to Indy,
2: yep. go eight to Chicago,
0: and I think the absolute parachute would be nine to San Francisco. If like if Chicago traded out um, for a team coming up for a quarterback, so I, I would say that's unrealistic. What I think is more realistic is potentially Tremaine Edmonds, Vita Vea, defensive tackle, or two guys. I know that they've than kicking the tires on, mm-hmm. to use a lame phrase. And then I've heard a little bit about offensive line as well. McGlinchey has gotten some buzz. But um, but the, the guys I've heard of, I'm talking to people who know what, what's going on in Oakland, are, are Edmonds and Veya, outside of Roquan Smith.
1: Yeah, that's the spot. Gruden used to scream at me in our meeting side. I'm sure you were there when I said trade down, and I think he's in a great spot to trade down at 10 uh just because Miami. If you want to get a quarterback ahead of Miami, if Miami is steadfast and not moving and they're going to sit at 11 and let Baker Mayfield drop to them or Rosen drop to them or whoever it may be, then that's a spot to go ahead and get them. And if you are Oakland and all those guys are gone that you were targeting, Roquan being, I think, the lead guy, uh, I would say – you move out of there and let somebody, whether it be Arizona, yeah, you know, whoever it may be, to jump. Maybe Buffalo feels like, okay, we got to get ahead. We got to go from twelve ahead of eleven to get that guy. Where's uh, Josh so,
0: Rosen going?
1: I, I you would have thought that sets thought, up my next. Well, question. that's a Jet. That's that would be the Jets at three. If the things fall, my, I'm going to be interested to see if Darnold's at three or Allen's at three. Do they audible away from that? Because it's happened before in years where you always think this is the way it's going to go, and then somebody surprises you a little bit. And uh, you know, the whole Deion Jordan over Lane Johnson, all these different quarterbacks, even going way back to some surprises. It's always there's always a curveball in there. And I think with these quarterbacks, everybody's got different opinions on them. I think we all agree on that. Everybody's all over the place on these quarterbacks. Some love guys. Some guys hate the same guy you love. Mm-hmm. So it's one of these years. It's a wacky year. where, And then these teams are jockeying, thinking, okay, who's going to take the quarterback? It's too much at stake, Todd, for anybody to leak out information. And I've, they've said this by the Ernie, of course you say, if you leak anything, you're fired. <laughs> That's the way I would be if I were Jay. If anything leaks out of this room and I find out who leaked it, you're fired. You're done. You're gone. And don't let the door hit you in the butt. And and then that would be my attitude because there's too much at stake here. Think about the East. The AFC has got New England thinking the heir apparent to Brady. you got Buffalo thinking quarterback, the Jets thinking quarterback, Miami thinking. There is the AFC East at war right now over who's going to get these quarterbacks because that's going to determine the future of this division because Brady's not playing much longer.
2: Mel, you set it up. Todd mentioned Josh Rosen. We just hit Oakland at 10. Miami Dolphins at number eleven. One of those moments in the draft where you'll see a little bit of a rating spike. We want to know who's going to be there. Todd, more likely there, Josh Rosen or Baker Mayfield. Josh Rosen, based
0: off variance. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's just based off of I'm hearing more buzz about Baker. Now, mm-hmm. listen, it, it the buzz could be out there because teams don't want Baker. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> we I love mean, them. So that, I, but now
1: he's, you, now he's admitting that Buzz is. Well, a we're lot trying of to do a
0: podcast on Buzz Melon. every time we bring anything I, up, you you smash it down. Say, so I you're say, kind but, of ruining the theme today, buddy.
1: That's, that's, I'm glad I, I, I finally got your blood pressure going a little. Holy bit. smokes! It took it took my top twenty five for next year's draft to get you a little excited. Yeah, it did. Now when I say Buzz this is me talking are kind about of twenty nineteen. Oh, hey, watch watch the mouth. Sorry, watch the mouth. Sorry.
0: That's actually legal. I can say that. I um, so. Cleveland, I think. <laughs> Dump it if not. Uh... Cleveland, I mean, there is a little buzz in Mayfield, but I I'm not buying that. But you hear stuff from the Jets on Mayfield. You hear yep. stuff from Denver on Mayfield. You hear info on uh, Miami with Mayfield. You hear info on Buffalo with uh, Josh Allen. Every single team that brought Mayfield Ari- in,
2: I've heard they like them.
0: Arizo- Arizona, <laughs> Allen, and Mayfield. Right. I haven't. Where's the team that has the. Bu- the only team I've heard anything on is the Jets at three. If Darnold's gone, it could be Mayfield or it could be Rosen.
1: Other than and that, you know what's, and you know what's interesting, guys. Yeah. Teams will bring in players for private work, private visits to throw everybody off. Yep. They don't have any interest. Absolutely. Bringing them in. it's they also will
0: to, to scout their mind and, and build a scouting report on the player yeah. later when yeah. they have yeah. to face them.
1: Let's let the other teams think that we have a strong. Let's bring them in. Let's do everything there. So yeah, that's why I say that there's a lot of f- bad information out there, and just be careful about buzz or bad buzz. I, I, or baloney. I also I I don't don't know keep listening time. to this
0: podcast. Yeah.
2: I don't know how many times, actually, I've heard of teams saying, well, we didn't bring him in. We knew what we was. I remember Detroit drafted in Dominican suit. They never even talked to him before. Now, obviously, that's a great player, <laughs> number two overall, but you hear that, too. It's like, no, we yeah. brought him in because hey, we don't know about
1: him. Think about it. The only team in this in this on process that should be able to say lock, stock, and barrel, this is our guy right now. The buzz is over. This is our pick is the Cleveland Browns. and Nobody knows what they're doing. Right. So that tells you all you need to know about everybody else. If the number one team in a daggone draft is still kind of a mystery and everybody's guessing, and two weeks ago it was Allen, now it's Darnold, who, who the heck knows? Well, then what do you think the rest of these teams are doing? And, and normally you would show interest publicly to players you really don't want. Yeah. If you're picking down the line, I'm going to throw all it out there we, and have everybody talking in these in these pie about who we love when we don't really love them. Well, it's okay. funny and too. The guys we love, I don't want you to know we love them. So there you go.
2: It's funny too because during draft week, you consistently hear, uh, players and you even talk to teams and you know, you know, somebody said it before, but your best friends will lie to you this week if they're with a the team. Um, the, you consistently hear teams love players come draft week because you got to, you got to get the word out that you love guys because if you got to come up and get them, if you got to trade up and get them, you better get to my spot. Anyway, guys. Mel Buffalo picks at number 12. what percentage would you say they're
1: still there at 12. you think it's 50 50 I think it's 2080 against
0: I agree wow I think I, I mean I, I do the one thing I can tell you I do know is that teams have fielding said, calls. said yeah. that they have are fielding calls yeah. from multiple teams but the bills are, continue to be the consistent team now that's all the way down to number 8 time. with the Bears.
1: Now I applaud you because that's where you get the good stuff. Teams will tell you who's calling. That's good buzz. Thank you, bud. Mm-hmm. Great job. Todd, you made it.
2: How long have you been with the ESPN? You finally got that affirmation. I'm 11 years, yeah. Wow. He that's gets big. it all the time. He that. <clears throat> Mel, oh, the Arizona Cardinals are picking at 15 again. Mm-hmm. You, in the head-to-head mock draft, the greatest of all mock drafts, you gave them, as playing GM... You gave them Lamar Jackson.
1: Why did I do that? Do you
2: believe that that's a possibility?
1: I did that to keep it real. And by keeping it real I tried to keep it in line <laughs> with what was gonna happen. So hip Kuiper. Now trying, pal. Trying, trying. Getting near sixty, it's you wanna act like that. Keeping 30. it real. Yeah. Right. Sixty yeah, new 25. twenty, 20, 20, 20, 20 five. Yeah, Lauren like. Kuiper's slipping uh, Mel lines. Uh, I wish I felt like it was that way. Yeah. But uh, as far as now where will Arizona go, I, I gotta believe they're getting a quarterback at some point. You got Sam Bradford. Uh you, know, you don't know if you can keep him healthy.
0: I think Arizona's been sneaking around the chicken coop, steal
2: mm. one from
1: from, uh, Speaking of
2: keeping it real. Yeah, exactly. You must have heard that in a Boston bar like this week. Yeah. We need a
1: quarterback. Well, let me t- <laughs> let me say this. This is why I did what, what I did. What are we going to do? Well, let me t- so back keeping it real. Todd, what is the percentage chance that Lamar Jackson goes in the first round?
0: 99.9.
1: All right. End of story. That's why I kept it real. Wow.
0: Buzzy. Yeah, I think, I don't take I think him, around, right I'm going to have 15. him
1: go second round in our, in our grade A and, and have him get you know, like you know, 99.9%. So I put him into a team that could be in play, obviously, and it will be in play, I think, for a quarterback.
0: These are teams that I've heard something about, you know, some kind of interest. And again, take it for what it's worth. Arizona 15, Baltimore 16. Don't think it's going to happen, but there's some interest. Maybe they trade back, whatever nice. happens uh chargers claim everyone says they're not taking a quarterback but they've brought in every one of them um cincinnati at 21 was the interesting one i got a text today cincinnati and baltimore don't don't ignore those two as possibilities new england's got 23 and 31 new orleans at 27 i think would be the latest he would go i I think i mean can you imagine that combo? Where you get to sit him for a couple of years, utilize him if you want in some sub packages, develop him with Sean Payton, and have him learn by by watching Drew Brees every day. I mean, that you want to talk about if you're it's Lamar started. Jackson for, well, yeah, I want to play great, but I want to succeed and I want to get that second contract. That would be, I would argue, the best place to go. Mm-hmm. What's the best spot
2: for him, Mel? You agree any, with Tom?
1: A, a spot that has a coach who will do, and I think you know the thing is just you hate coaches in any sport that say, I do a thing a certain way, and I'm going to draft you to do it my way. That's not coaching. Coaches adapt to their players, not forcing players to adapt to them, because that's not going to work. So if you have somebody, you have to adapt to what they do best. Everything a coach does in any sport is to try to make those players, put them in a comfort zone where they're going to maximize their ability. And that's not doing what you want them to do. It's doing what they do. Yeah, and that's that's the great coach, A, a horrible coach, horrific coach, who shouldn't even be a coach. Is one that says, "I do it my way." If you want to play for me, you got to do it Name my names. way. Names, <laughs> okay? They're the they're the bad coaches. Okay, and there are some bad coaches; they're not all good. Okay, so the great coaches. and I think Bill O'Brien did a masterful job because he took a quarterback and he said, "I'm going to give you exactly what you do best yeah. and let you hey, go, and let you play let, fast, let it, let it roll, let you play fast, and uh, let's go."
0: And he was a rookie. Trim down the verbiage. Rookie, so let's not get caught up in all that. Uh, the a other BS
1: tore this league up. Okay, everybody wasn't necessarily ready. He tore this league up. I think we're lot seeing of had more and Bill more O'Brien.
0: coaches. It's kind of a younger group coming in, and not Bill O'Brien's not but even the guys start, like Andy Reid. Part of that, Andy Reid opened it up last year. No question. Yep. Doug Peterson and, and the adjustments he made when Wentz was out, and and just the RPOs, and we're just we're starting to see brighter minds take over. Yeah, Sean and, McVay, and look at the
1: difference he made with golf. I mean, right. that's yep.
0: that, that, and and to me, O'Brien and McVay are the two greatest examples of if you if you tailor to what your quarterback can do and and if you can coach the position and you can coach on offense you can get the most out of these guys and i i think it's promising for the future but if you're if you're an offensive coordinator in this league or a young offensive coach you better
2: take notice so sets up this question because you have a offensive coordinator that is not that is willing to flip the script and try some different things and they obviously have to think long term in New England, Todd, they need a quarterback. Chances that New England drafts a quarterback at either 23 or 31?
0: Start with the chances that they actually pick at 23 and 31. Oh, yeah, there's always that. I mean, I'm going to kyper you to death right now. I don't uh, have a freaking clue. I
2: can't believe the Patriots aren't leaking their draft plans again.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. I, who knows what they're going to do? I think it would be really fascinating be to see surprised? Lamar Jackson in New England. Yes, as someone they could develop. Yes. Right, and I'd I be think surprised. I, watching Philly absolutely shred them a year ago with RPOs and that kind of style of offense, and knowing that Brady is going to be year to year now, it seems like, and even though he's saying he's going to play into his mid forties, etc., etc., clearly things are starting to change. The dynamic of the relationship between Belichick and Brady has changed, and. This, it feels like for the first time in, I don't know, 20 years, whatever it's been, that this thing's about, is starting to come to the end. And they've got a plan for the future. Now, if they're going to do that by drafting Mason Rudolph at pick 31 or early in the second round, maybe. But it may be that they're looking at, being progressive and Bill Belichick's always a step ahead and maybe he's saying you know what this guy isn't gonna threaten Tom Brady but it's, g- it's gonna give me a couple years to develop him properly and maybe we can take a couple hits off of Brady and utilize him in some short yardage packages and goal lines and s- so on and so forth so it's just a thought the no chances
1: the chances of Lamar Jackson being there at 23.
0: I would say, maybe 50 50. I I don't think he's gonna last that long if I had to bet I would bet top 20 and probably a team moving up a few spots to go get them
1: there you go very good
2: hey mel mm-hmm. just to follow up on Todd's point yeah we don't know what new england is going to do you would be surprised though right if the patriots did not draft a quarterback before the end of round 2 or round 3 i'd wh- say where 2 do you fall?
1: i'd say 2 right. uh yeah because i think luke falk uh, would kind of be the guy that they may look to at some point. Just a hunch. Um, nothing. I don't have any inside information on that. That's just a hunch pick. Uh, but I got to believe they do something to fi- try to find that Garoppolo type. There. They have. They have holes. And th- this is a team that I got to believe is not in a position in this draft to just come away with the heir apparent to Tom Brady. I don't think that's their mindset. I don't think that's what they would be in their best interest. I think they're in their best interest now is filling holes and drafting the way and doing things the way they did when they were bringing in homegrown talent. They got an opportunity to get four key guys, go get them to give up all these draft picks to get a quarterback. Who's going to be the heir apparent to Brady would be, I I'd be very questionable for me.
2: Todd, you mentioned, uh, I think, I believe it was yesterday, we've been talking all about how this wide receiver class is pretty dicey. It's, it's, put it this way, it's not so much that it's a bad class, it just lacks that Calvin Johnson, that Julio, that AJ Green, that clear top five type. How many guys have got off the board in round one?
0: I think we've seen a shift in thinking mm-hmm. in the NFL, and the more people I talk to in the league, the more, the more I, I really believe that teams are Scared to death of drafting a wide receiver in the first round coming from today's college game. You're not having to get off the press. A lot of you know routes are created for you. Guys don't know how to run routes very well. And there's just been an adjustment period. And you go back to basically twenty fourteen and study all the first round picks at the wide receiver position from then to now. Yeah. And it's scary. And that running back was the scary was a scary position, but look at the production out of rookie running backs and early in career running backs, and what they've provided for NFL teams. I think teams are much more inclined to use a running back and and move them around like a Christian McCaffrey, like an Alvin Kamara. Um, you know, this year the example Sony Michelle would be would be one of them if you're comfortable with his with the durability stuff that is is being you know processed through right now after the the medical recheck in, in Indianapolis. So I, I think teams would much rather in that bottom half of the first round look at a running back that you can utilize in the passing game and the running game than a receiver that may struggle. Now, with that said, the two guys that we project in the first round, Calvin Ridley and D.J. Moore, both are guys who can run routes. Mm-hmm. And who I think Ridley's the best route runner in the class. I think Moore has good route running skills and just a lot of nat- natural savvy. So um, I-, I think those guys belong. I don't think Cortland Sutton belongs. Maybe he slips in. I don't think any of the other receivers belong in the first round. Maybe they slip in, but I think teams are looking at this and saying, all right, there's Saquon Barkley. There's a tight end or two, maybe later in the first round. There's a wide receiver or two in the, probably the second half of the first round. And then we'll let's look at the other running backs. Maybe a Sony Michelle sneaks in. I'm not sure they do, but certainly in the second round, I think is where you're going to see a bunch of running backs go.
1: Yes, and, I, and to the point about those we gave the stat about the first two rounds, and I think the league is catching on to that. But I went back to all, the, you know, all those sheets I bring, Todd, with all my positional uh, write-ups, and I went back and I read a lot of that you know, last night and this morning mm-hmm. of the receivers. The one common thing I had in all my notes when I was watching guys all year and circling them in, uh, in NFL Steelbook, you know what it was? A lot of these guys are body catchers, and you can get away with that in college. Because you have big windows and you got the, you're five yards defensive backs and they play kind of alley ball. So you got guys that aren't running routes. So they're just running around. The ball's thrown them. There's no receiver, no defensive back near them. They, body catchers galore is what I saw. And I know it might have dropped here, the game here, drop another drop, drop here. Body catch is too much for my liking. My notes for, for. I went through like 13 or 14 of the top 35 receivers, and it was body catchers. You can get away. You're not getting away with that in the NFL. Back you got to extend, and catchers. you got to catch the ball with your hands. And there's a kid, Darius Fountain, at Northern Iowa. Just say that name. He wasn't invited to the Combine. There's a kid I like, and I think getting get in the third, fourth round, there's a player that I like above and beyond some of the – and we'll be pointing them out as their draft, the body catcher, body catcher, body catcher. Those kind of guys when you get into the NFL have issues because body catchers become drop after drop after drop, and they can't get it done. So you know, be beware. There's a lot of those guys in this draft.
0: And two of, the, two of the most talented players at the wide receiver position in this draft are likely going to still be on the board in day three because of character issues Antonio Callaway from Florida who well, you can make an argument is the most naturally gifted wide receiver in this class, but has right. a laundry list of troubling off-the-field incidents. And Jordan lastly another one from UCLA, who just immaturity, suspensions, behavior, etc. But- you know,
1: he could be there, Todd, in the fourth or fifth round. That's what I'm saying. That, that's amazing. And if he is, I, 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 gotta believe if we're sitting there on day three. That's what starting that's the where fourth round. You're talking about a fourth round for a guy who helped make George, uh, Josh Rosen. Some of those throw, throw him up for grabs went the last third, time.
2: fourth round. Land of the misfits, Mel.
1: Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah.
2: Guys, we see this every year. We see a guy. I'll give you a couple examples. Jets, you don't even think it's a need. Leonard Williams is there at six. All right. He's the best player. Let's hand in our card. Aaron Donald gets down to 12, 13. Oh, oh, all right. We'll rip up our plans. Let's turn in our card. This happens every year where you see a player that falls and a team just says, screw it. Let's go away with our plans. Best player available by a mile. Mel, is there a situation? Again, there's a bunch of quarterbacks that are going to go early that aren't necessarily the best players. Who is going, who is the possibility to be there? Say at it, sixteen, it's the Baltimore Ravens. They they have Flacco for whatever you think about him. Maybe say, hey, let's just—he's too good. Let's turn in our card. Who is a player like that who a team might see fall and benefit from this run on quarterbacks?
1: I think an, an over adjustment could lead to Calvin Ridley being that type of guy. Um, it's just that whole you know that whole narrative about the receivers could allow a really good one. To be an outlier from that whole rookie group that can't, Calvin Ridley's a good player. And you watch him every week. We saw, we thought for sure during the year he'd be a top 10 guy. How far down does he drop? We'll see, but he could be one of those. I, you know, I, I'm just looking at the list here of guys that could drop to a point where, you know, Rashawn Evans, all he does is make plays. Yeah, that's a good I, one. Yeah, he's a guy, if he gets down to Pittsburgh. Alabama. I had I down talked down to a GM
0: far? this, this Saturday who said, it, it, Kept on saying, well, Evans, but you you think second round, right? Second I'm like, no, I have if I go back to my true grade, I had him as one of the top twenty players in this draft. And now thirty one for
1: New England. Exactly. That's pretty amazing. And I, that if that does happen, he certainly becomes, you know, one of those guys. Um I look at you know, how far down does a Frank Ragnow go from Arkansas? i I'm, you
0: know, I'm hearing he could be top forty.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a guy who had the ankle high ankle sprain and all. He had the the minor cleanup of it and was yeah uh, you know, half the season. So there's a guy when you watched him, we were talking about him during the year on various different things we do, and he was a dominator. And we got James Daniels in the first possibly, and we, and we got Billy Price had the injury as well. But where does Rag now go? Where you know, we talk about the guards. Is there a big drop off there? I mean, you can get a guy an Austin Corbett. Where does he go coming out of Nevada? But I want to watch Rag now from Arkansas. If he's in the second round, uh, you uh know, that's a, that's a plug and play center who's got, who's got a chance to be a pro bowl caliber player.
2: I'll throw one out just cause I know Todd's hit on him before, but I got a note from somebody who was watching film this weekend, it was watching Taven Bryan of Florida and just said, look at this first step. How is it even possible that he gets there in round two? And you say, well, did you watch the rest of the play? But he's one of those guys. Yeah. It's not the same player, but I think of a guy. Who Todd was all over Chris Jones from Mississippi State. Where if you get the best version of that guy, he's an absolute tear. Chris Jones, I think, fell to the end of, or was in the, was middle the second round, round. Second round for Mississippi State. He's been nasty at times. Todd, does Taven Bryan fit into that category where you're like, there's top ten moments on film, but you he could fall. Um, I don't know that. Yeah, I guess. I, I guess to
0: some certain degree, I, I think. With him, he's just a. It's a different story. His interviews right. I heard were a nightmare. I mean, it was just you know, he, he's kind of a small small town guy, different cat. Hasn't developed fully as a football player yet, but the potential is so obvious. I mean, he's right. shot out of a cannon his first step, and he's he's just so disruptive that that disruption is is real. I mean, and it it sets everybody else up to make plays when he's not making a play in the backfield. So, to me, the ability is there. Do you think you can communicate with him and get him to where you need him to be in terms of improvement? And I think that's the big thing that NFL teams are struggling with and wrestling with right now. But Brian, I would be surprised if we got through the first day, Mel, and Brian was still on the board.
1: Oh, I'd be shocked if he got out of the first round. Uh, I, sure. I would be very surprised if he got out of the first round. I don't think he gets out of that part, part. And he'll probably be a guy comes into the league and is more disruptive than the guys that go higher. But here's some other guys that are just good. And we want to get back to who are the good football players. Yeah. I think you look at guys, like Chenna Nuoso. We said who's a yep, natural USC? pass rusher. USC defensive and outside linebacker. It's after the quarterback. Good player. Really good player. Most underrated the
0: linebacker in the class. I agree.
1: I like Dante Pettis, the wide receiver from Washington. Watch him again, the last, just to go back and check on it. He's got the return skills. He's got, he catches the ball with his hands. He's got the catch radius. He doesn't drop many at at any. I didn't didn't see one drop in the four games I looked at. Now you may have had a drop along the way, Todd. You may have caught one. I didn't see a drop. I like the way he extends the catch. He's not a body catcher. I like him. We all talked about Anthony Miller. I like him, but I thought Pettis is a guy. I, I just like Dante Pettis. I think he's going to be a really good probably second round pick for somebody
0: yeah i think and we could go through a hundred guys there's just
1: you know who's really talented and i know there's a you know can you have him focused and can he max a really talented cornerback when you uh, the feet the turning motion how smooth he is as holton hill he, the kid's got a ton he was a kid everybody wanted to come out yeah he's got red ton, flags where's he go todd what round
0: from a talent
1: standpoint, he's a second, second round. round. No later than two.
0: He's a. I was just gonna say, from a talent standpoint, he's a. He's probably a late first, early second. But the thing I get from teams over and over again, he's talented.
1: Could he's, he be a shocking late one?
0: He's got some stuff to him, though. I think the character pushes him out. Yeah, I, I would agree I, I've with got that. Second, could, he, could be
1: if you throw that out, he's a one. Probably, probably. He's a good football. I'm saying he's a. He's one of those guys. You say. That would be a John Gruden guy. I'd be going to say, just watch him play, you know, and and just watch how good he is. Let him take all these other corners. Holton Hill has ability. Nick Nick
0: Nelson and Natrell Jamerson from Wisconsin are two guys that I think are going to come off the board earlier than people think. Kimoko Ture, the Rutgers pass rusher, he could sneak in the late second round, I think. I mean, there's there's a bunch of players. Fred Warner, the linebacker from BYU, I, I think... Early third round, late second round, somewhere in that range. There's just a bunch of guys that you look at, and they're they're athletic. They can make plays, and I think we've kind of overlooked them for a while.
1: Yeah. Orin Burks, a really good player at Vanderbilt. Yep. Like this is Day Three, like him at Vanderbilt. Like I said, up, off the uh, rails for you here. Yeah, I mean these are Dorian O'Daniel, outside linebacker, Clemson. The guys making plays. I mean, he jumps out at you when you talk about watching good the game.
0: Real it back in.
1: He does a really good job. So I think I think there's going to be I, I Mason Cole. All the guy oh, does geez. is poke. Mason Cole. I, like Mason Cole Let's go.
2: You know, this reminds me those day two and day three guys. It reminds me of the Grudenism. He's like GMs worry about character risks. Coaches worry about crappy player risks. That's that's day two and day three. Hey. We are going to get to your mail. There's a stack of it, but first, are you hiring, posting your position to job sites and waiting and waiting for the right people to see it? ZipRecruiter knew there was a smarter way, so they built a platform that finds the right job candidates for you. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply for your job. These invitations have revolutionized how you find your next hire. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. And ZipRecruiter doesn't stop there. They even spotlight the strongest applications you receive so you never miss a great match. The right candidates are out there. ZipRecruiter is how you find them. Businesses of all sizes trust ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash first draft. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash first draft. ZipRecruiter.com slash first draft. ZipRecruiter, it's the smartest way to hire. Mel, you can have the first one. Cody Harar, at Cody Harar. Imagine mm-hmm. that handle and the name's the name. Is Connor Williams undervalued? We're talking about the offensive tackle from Texas. Fans, are teams concerned about his injury this year?
1: Well, the fact that he doesn't have the length, uh, the guarantee that it'll be a left tackle, could be a guard, I get all that. He had the injury. You know, he struggled a little before. You know, Came back, had, I thought, a decent game, uh, and it had a little struggle. So here's a guy, you know, didn't have the full season, yeah, where is he on the board right now? I'd say early second round is where Connor Williams will come off the board. Uh, let's say early to mid. I don't think he's a, a guaranteed one anymore, like a lot of people thought during the process. Uh, but you know, as a guard, I'd like him probably a little bit more as a guard than a tackle.
0: Yeah, I think he's late, late first as a guard.
2: And I think the vast majority of teams in the league are, are evaluating him as a guard. It'll be nice to see the Longhorns get players drafted again. Todd, I think this is one of your guys. Alan Lee Henman at All Pro Drafting says, Ian Thomas seems to be flying under the radar. What type of potential do you think he has? Hashtag Todd 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 Todd. I like, stuff. I like Ian.
0: I, I, I've got Ian firmly in the first name
2: basis. He must really like firmly
0: him. in the third round. Wouldn't shock me if he snuck in late. Six four, two hundred fifty nine 259 pounds, ran a four six five, big hands, catches the ball well, not a burner, but but runs well enough and can stretch it, and he also blocks. I mean, this guy's tightly packed. He's strong. He's just kind of a late bloomer who didn't get a ton of targets at, at uh, Indiana. They had struggles with their, with their quarterbacks, guys in and out of the lineup. But to me, Ian Thomas has kind of separated himself. you got the, the Hayden Hurst, Dallas Goddard, and then I, I almost feel like Gasecki is kind of a tier of his own as a probably a second-round pick. And then Ian Thomas goes in with – You know, Jordan Akins and Mark Andrews and Chris Herndon and and the rest of those guys, I think, is the third tier. But he's I would put him at the top of that third tier. If not, I would tear him up with Mm Kusecki in that second tier.
2: Mel, I like Mm -hmm. this one, obviously. I didn't ask it. Mm -hmm. Michael Danielson at Smart Take Guru. Pretentious Mm -hmm. handle. Ask, thoughts, (laughs) opinions, range on Hercules, Mata'afa. Oh. And Equinamia is Saint Brown. Mel, you got to take yeah. them off of, You know I've talked I'll to take him about him.
1: I'll take them both because I watch Equinamia Saint Brown, and obviously as a Notre Dame fan. No, so
2: you said you didn't <laughs> like him.
1: I'm just set. Dad's I just, missed I'm, the universe. What about I'm blood? I'm going to get to that, Todd. I'm going right. to get to that. Uh, I would say he's boom or bust uh, under a little bit of an Which one, St. Brown or Mata Offit? St. Brown. We'll get to, to your guy. I'm going to let you take uh, – you know, we talked enough uh, – Yeah, that's what I they did. want. Uh, we talked all year my about reports. the my, I, I, I think <laughs> Equimania St. Brown goes higher than I grade him out. Tested well. He could go second, third round. I'd take him maybe in a sixth round, uh, fifth, sixth round, oh. because I know he'll be gone by then. So, you know, But, no, he did not – play he's got him a, he, I can't he's a, get him trick? Yeah, he's got to extend more. He, he's inconsistent. Sloppy route runner at times. I, I think he's a guy who has talent. Can you harness it? Can you coach him up? He's got some work to do. He's a, he's a developmental prospect. As far as a modify, he's a playmaker and he's versatile. They play him everywhere, Todd. And yeah, they play him know, over the, the I, center you, guard. You see a little, you see, uh, I always use this comparison to guys like that. He's, he's got a little Rob Ninkovich in him. He's got a little, he's got that kind of a patriot type of feel to me because they like versatile guys, Belichick does, and and he in the fifth round. I take. I think Nikovich went in the fifth round. I, I'll take a kid from Washington State. Played against big level competition. Played all over the place and, and was a playmaker. Uh, everybody targeted him. If you're block, if you're playing against Washington State, that was the guy you targeted that you had a block. I, I'll take the, the kid in the fifth, sixth round, definitely.
2: All right, let's do this one. Is it possible, Todd? Michael Edwards asks, who could trade into the first round to get Mason Rudolph? So all, let's say five quarterbacks are taken. Lamar has gone little buzz, at 15. Todd. Little buzz on that. Mason Rudolph could be there. We've seen teams, I think of Minnesota, moving in to get Teddy Bridgewater. Who could try to slip into the end of round one? You no, know, Who cares?
0: We'll pick him and we'll talk about it after. We'll pick him. Uh, you're,
1: you're a buzz man. Come on. Yeah, pick him. Come on. Okay. Come, come on. Come on. Come on, Don't get on Friday, Saturday? Come on. <laughs> come on. Don't, don't, don't fall into my trap. That was me. the first half hour of this podcast. Hey, I got on board. I got on board. All right.
0: Thanks. Um, I don't even... Who are you talking about? Oh, uh, Mason, Mason Rudolph. Rudolph. <laughs> <Jeez>. Second round. <laughs>
1: But could a team Next. jump into late one? Could He's a team really into jump into late one? Say you're Arizona
2: and you didn't get your QB. Could you jump back in?
1: The only thing McShay and I agree on in this draft is that Mason Rudolph is a hard quarterback to figure. He's a hard one to really project. He's not going to roll around and do things like some of the other quarterbacks can do. He's a pocket guy, had some success, but that was in the Big 12. And yeah, the um, best
0: wide receivers a man could ask for. Yeah. Not a Very I mean, good system. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, the stats, 65% completion rate, great touch interception ratio, all that. Yeah. But there's still a, he's a hard one to say. I feel really confident he's going to become this or that. That's why I'd say second round. Could he be a late one to the right team? Sure. He could. What's the chance of him being a late one, Todd? I said today on one of the shows was about 20%. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, the only thing is with the fifth year, yeah. that gives you some more value. And we
1: hear to Philadelphia, Here's buzz, you want buzz. That Philadelphia's going to trade out of 32.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of teams down there I think the yeah, Vikings, Orleans, the Vikings could New have New Orleans has no 2 available. and 3. Right? I think at, Saints have no 2 New and 3. New England always is
2: mm-hmm. open to moving around. Yeah. All right, guys, the most difficult question but probably the most important question. Mel, I'll let you get I'll let you get first cuz I already know who it is. All right. Your pick for Mister Irrelevant. This is a Take Five candy bar on the line. Maybe oh, we'll geez. adjust it to a Rice Krispie treat for you. All right, Mel. Me, who is Mister well, Irrelevant can you again? Give me a second here. How many picks? Two fifty six. I need to know. Are you trying to decide between two fifty five and two fifty six. I'm, I'm going to look at you, my two hundred fifty six. I'll give you, I'll give you
1: my two hundred fifty six player. All right. Jake Winicky. Yep. Can you describe South a little bit State. more about little bit of a little the same the offense little bit of a little bit
2: of a little bit of South Dakota State of the one draft.
0: of two fifty six, Jamarcus King, corner, South
2: Carolina. Okay. <sighs> bit of had a little bit of a little bit a little bit of a little bit of a lot of lift on we, his punts. We have no, had a
1: lot of lift on his punts. a a Wow, there's a prediction. I only I only looked at two of them, I
2: dude. Vegas is gonna, Vegas is going to open it up. Well,
1: I say I should I should say it this way. So people, are like, five are draftable. I think five right. punters, which means they're going to be in the league at some point. And if you want to know who those five are, check out my rankings.
0: Michael Dixon, J.K. Scott, Johnny, Johnny Townsend, Townsend, Joseph Davidson, Shane
2: Trapuka, Trevor uh-huh. Daniel.
1: Jeez, just gave away my. i tell you what, man, it was
2: a hell of a year for punting in the SEC. Yeah, I
1: was. Where's Daniel Carlson go, Todd? Kicker out of Auburn, fifth round.
2: I was going to say fourth, fifth.
1: Okay. I think I do think Dixon. Is it Dixon? Yeah, Dixon, Michael Dixon could. Dixon. Um,
0: I think he could wind up in the third round. Okay. Wow. Nobody, you, you, didn't, you didn't agree with that, huh?
1: I didn't say it. I, I just said five punters have draftable grades, and Dixon's my second highest rated punter. Who's your highest? I'm not telling you. Go to my ratings.
2: No other podcast in America. Where the hell can I find your ratings? Predicts, Mister. Called Nonsense. ESPN.com. All right, thanks. Gonna be an insider, Todd. Get it, guys. That is first draft for this week. We're about seventy-two hours away from the NFL draft. Boy, is it gonna be fun? Mel, Isn't what it, color tie are you gonna wear? I'm
1: not. I, I can tell you this: pink and blue tandem.
2: Wow, Todd. Uh, I actually my wife
0: and I went through the suits the other night. I'm wearing She's a, like, I'm well, wearing a exactly. blue exactly. suit. Look at these double. guys
1: that own more than one suit. I got three Josh, suits. He's got twenty-three. Like, I got three. You got twenty-three. I got
0: married, so I have a suit. I mean, you ask a question. <laughs> well, I think it's the upset of the century that Todd's not going gray on night one. You're always in a gray suit. You're gray.
1: It's got. I'm wearing black today.
0: That's true. I'm
2: wearing a light blue suit with a uh, with a bluish tie. There's nothing I I like more than on draft day looking at Mel Kuiper and saying, "What are you wearing, Mel? I, <laughs> who who, who are, you, are you wearing? Who
1: are you wearing? Yeah, no, Todd. It's the same <laughs> Kiper, Where I, are we going I, to you, dinner
0: on uh, <laughs> Saturday night? It was the first time we've been in, stayed in the
1: city that we've where been we in for go? a while. I don't know. I have no. Wherever you. I don't know Dallas. You know Dallas better than I do. Why don't I mean, we go to South Fork? Maybe J.R. The, the, the Ewings.
2: What? I don't know. I'm thinking Arby's, Mel.
1: What? You remember Dallas, the great greatest show ever put on TV? Yeah, you remember that. JR Ewing, 60 Bobby going
2: Ewing. Pamela,
1: <laughs> Barnes, Wentworth. You remember all? You remember, he started <laughs> the podcast
0: with Keeping It Real. He remember
1: ended Sly, with reference remember Sly, J.R. Second time.
2: I'll pick the restaurant, Kuiper.
1: You do that. Well, barbecue right. would be good. Yeah.
2: That was first draft for this week. Hashtag. Buzz, even Mel got into it
1: after 40 minutes. In.
2: Ornery early on. We got the full predictions from Mr. Irrelevant. I've got Mind, McShay's blood pressure
1: up for a change.
2: Hit a bunch of your mail. That's it. I guess the next one is what Monday, Tuesday, and then it's golf season.
1: Amen. Fishing and crabbing season. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> Kuiper, <laughs> Kuiper in his kayak. Oh, uh, my on the kayak's key. raring to go. I'm looking at it right now out there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's first draft for this week I'm Chris, that's Mel, that's Todd To the 2 million uh, listeners per week We appreciate it Josh, that's the latest number?
1: Yeah, that's actually a little low And by the way, we're going to put up a picture of me in my kayak That Sprout has Put it up on there, tweet it out There's Just proof that I have a kayak And it's I've been in the kayak <laughs> on the bay okay? For the record
2: Mel, no, it's back, it's shirtless and it's your back, and you can see your full Ben Affleck tattoo with I don't like really you know, care. the eagle. I don't care. Put it up. The huge Baltimore Ravens logo. I know but <laughs> McShay's sitting
1: there saying, It ain't happening, I'm he ain't just... gonna make kayak. Yeah. Uh huh.
0: <laughs> I just don't want to see a shirtless picture of you. So far all away
1: it's so far away you don't even have a clue who's in that kayak, but it's really me. Thank goodness. Yeah, we can yeah. block
2: it out like he's an FBI informant. Uh yeah. that is first draft for this week. The draft is coming up. See, see you. you. Two best sources of draft material are in this room. Kuiper is not. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, hey, tune into the draft in next prime year, time. I know it's on every network now, but we clearly Do the have draft the draft grades
1: podcast yourself. Well, I'm not sure what draft grades are like. Okay. Oh, yeah.
2: That's first draft for this week. I'll Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you.
1: Thanks for listening to First Draft. For more great podcasts, check out espn.com slash podcenter.